Kathy. <laughs> Just say hi. Hi, John. Sophie just made us laugh really hard. <laughs> we are not alone today. No, we're not. Super excited. We have somebody really exciting. We love her. At our table. Not that she has to be exciting at the moment, but <laughs> we're excited that she's here. Good. I'm, I'm trying to get, get myself <laughs> as pumped as you ladies pumped. are. It's Lara Hope. Woohoo! Woohoo! So excited. High five. Hi, Lara. High five. See, I don't have any sisters, so I feel like this is very special for me to be part of the Sisters RM. Oh, oh my gosh. You're so in the house. Always You're in wanted the house. You're with family. us. You're our sister. Totally. Absolutely. Which means that if you, you know, there's kind of an initiation, like we can beat you up at any time. No, Donna does we that. We can make fun of you about anything at Donna any time. Donna does that. I'm glad I wore my... <laughs> my armor under underwear Thank you. You know? that's what i have Case. to do i'll give you one that i have in the back what i have to be with that. and then you have to tell kathy that it's okay not everybody doesn't know that <laughs> <laughs> yeah to that make kathy not feel so dumb <laughs> thank you donna Aww. so positive see him. so who's lara hope well besides her being a friend of the family uh one of her most recent accolades is that you won 2018 or 17 17. 2000. It's old 17. news now. It's not old news. <laughs> no, because I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Kathy has no idea. I'm, I'm excited. What you? I won the presidential race. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> did you notice Kathy's, <laughs> Kathy's mouth was agape, like trying to put it all together. <laughs> like it's a possibility. <laughs> Kathy's like, <gasps> wait, sit up wait. And then I know in her head, she was like, wait, is it a presidential race now? <laughs> <laughs> I did. You want to know what was no, in my No, she thought? won, um, uh, female rockabilly artist of the year. Are you kidding? It's not a joke. <laughs> not I'm a so <laughs> proud of you. That's so awesome. Yeah. What's for, for the Ameripolitan Music Awards. You know what? It's amazing. And they should feel really good it's about that. It's a big that. fucking deal. That Who else was nominated that year? Lara. <laughs> Go ahead. This, you can brag. I'm setting you up. No, I'm trying to remember. Um, <laughs> yeah. The people who won the years before, the two yeah. years before me were, were Kim Lenz and Marty Brom. Hello. Marty Brom. That's a big deal. Or excuse me, Marty, as Marty. she likes to be called. Marty. Marty. Okay. Marty. What else? What else? As in Marty. Well, there's, there's a new crown Many. in town. It's <laughs> <laughs> a new crown. Let me get my paper. Crochet. Let me get my paper. Cut out yeah. a crown. It's awesome. La yeah. <laughs> Lara's awesome. Here's why I want you at the table. Although we're going to talk about a lot of things. But uh, Kathy and I have been talking to a lot of people. Uh, and they're people who like um, make their own path who follow their bliss, who um, don't let the world define what they should be doing in their lives. And you're one of those people. I don't, I don't know you. if you Absolutely. woke up one morning and was like, fuck that, I don't want to have a boss. I'm going to be my boss and I have a voice and I'm going to use it. Or was it something that just evolved? Oh, both. Yeah. I'd say. Yeah. I mean... Does anybody really want to have a boss? I mean, right. I don't Some people do. Some people like the, Some the people security. Some people like the structure. Yeah, I need the structure my, of it. Our parents, like, uh, you know my boyfriend, partner, dude, um, for the first, like, three years, my parents were like, he doesn't have a job because he worked for himself. He makes jewelry, makes stuff, and he sells at conventions. And it wasn't until he had a show where he made five figures that 
my mom was like, oh, so he makes money. That's very old fashioned thinking. I don't think that's an abnormal thing. But it is. There are people who just want to go to work and get paid like a regular salary job. Yeah. I mean, occasionally I'm envious of the folks that are just able to leave their work at work and come home. I do sometimes feel like, well, when you work for yourself, it's kind of you'll get out as much as you put in. So you feel like your work is never done. Yeah. Although I did feel the same way selling advertising before I played music full time. Oh, is that what you did? Advertising? For a bit. For Conogram Magazine. Okay. Um, And that was, you know, similar in the fact of, you know, as much as I'll spend time on the phone making phone calls. Actually, my territory was Milton when I sold advertising, which is why when I came here, I felt kind of familiar, even though I still missed the term. But it was years ago. Um, Although, I mean... It is, but the difference between selling advertising and doing this is that all the work I'm putting in is for myself. <laughs> right. You, you know, it's like um, you don't want to make other people's dreams happen. You know what I'm saying? Like when you work for other people, you're working to make their dreams happen. Now, when you work for yourself, you make your own dream happen. And that's the difference. That's yeah. the energy difference. And so like Donna was asking, so how did you get to the point where, you know, you were like, I'm not going to do advertising. Have you always done music? Have you always played music even as a kid? I always sang since mm-hmm. I was very young in you know school choir and stuff. My mom did uh, did community theater. Actually, still does community theater. She oh, just told me <laughs> before I got here that she auditioned for Bye Bye Birdie last night. Oh, how fun! <laughs> how fun! <laughs> so she um. What's the story? Morning glory. All right, thanks, Don. Sorry, she does the. It's a good bye one. Bye bye. I love yeah. Bye Bye Birdie. It's great. My mom auditioned for the for the mom part. Oh, that's so. really sweet. She said, "If they don't take me, they're idiots." <laughs> Agreed. <laughs> Agreed. So yeah, I started doing community theater with her when I was nine. We did we auditioned for Oliver. Oh, okay. And um, I got the part of Oliver because I didn't have breasts yet. Oh yeah, that's convenient, right? So that I'm sure it was something other than just not <laughs> having breasts. <laughs> I'm just sure. I'm sure it was like you could sing. <laughs> more please did you say can i have more please oh i did sir. I, please, sir. I never heard the end of that line yeah <laughs> sure you didn't but i do i very specifically remember the moment of coming out for the bow at the yeah. end of that show we rented out the middle school then and yeah. it was, there were a few hundred people there yeah and coming out and just getting that applause and being like this is the this best is i've ever I, felt yeah, this is where i belong <gasps> wow that's awesome Ooh, oh, i'm so sorry <laughs> Barry, hold on. Barry's Kathy's guard He's dog. He's chiming in. He's chiming in. Yes. So, uh, Oliver, from Oliver, you went to where? Well, I did a bunch more community theater. That I was nine then, so mm-hmm. pretty much when I was still living at home, I did community theater and I sang in school choir and I played guitar at home, but mm-hmm. never really played out. I think the first time I played out in front of people was for the senior year of high school talent show. Oh, what did you say? And sing? I played Jewel, who will save your soul, <laughs> which I still like. Yeah. Totally. What's well, not to like? It's a good song. Yeah. Um, and then when I went to college is when I really started playing out in front of people. I got involved in the open mic scene, which right. was pretty much a savior. Oh, um, really? Yeah. And yeah. I would recommend that to anyone ever. Um, I know there are always some haters on open we mic. We should do that. We should do open. <laughs> we threatened to do open mic at Caleb we'll at the throw- colony because it was Caleb's birthday. Sophie's uh, Sophie's it boyfriend, so father mad. of her child. And we were like, it's his birthday. Let's just go and bombard him, bombard him on open mic night with like, I'll make, I'll do a haiku. 
<laughs> yes. You'd be good at haiku. I don't mean to. I'm, I, I'm not mocking the open mic thing. Cause because we don't sing. We don't dance. We don't do anything. So we would just stand up and do this. Mm-hmm. That's why it's funny. Which is fine. I, the mic's yeah, open. The mic's the open. Mic right? Open. Look at that advocate. I love that. That's true. So Well, there are some people I see in, in open mic forums and just by talking. There are such things. Yeah. Like that, where you know people think that it's like taking advantage of the artist or just the bar trying to make money on people without giving anything back. Oh and like, yeah. But it, it's I do not feel it's that way. Yeah, at I all. feel like I love open mic. We would go and sit, have iced tea at New Paltz, you know, and watch people just do it, and it was it's entertainment. It's uh, great. It and it's gives practice. people yeah, it gives people what it's like to be in front of an audience. It's good practice. Uh-huh. Like to workshop new material. It feels yeah. different when you play something in front of people than it does in your bedroom. And also like. I think very importantly to meet other musicians and meet other like-minded people. And then maybe that's how you're going to start a band because you met somebody open mic night. I've I've seen that happen so many times. That's that's, you know, I wouldn't even think about that. I wouldn't even think about that. Well, you know, there's something to be said about just going out in the world. I mean, taking a chance and taking a chance just this weekend to go off on a bunny trail. Um, just this weekend you did psychic parties like people it's October and people really like, um, you know, psychics, psychics in general. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Sophie. Um, and so, uh, if a person wants Kathy to come to their house and do readings for friends, you could do like six people, and then if you're the host, you get a free reading. And you did that twice this weekend. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, what was interesting is there was a woman who was at the first one who does her own radio show in Putnam Valley about um, the green movement, like being yeah, green, cool. not green, the political party, but yeah. green as in the way Ever, of life. Yeah. But what was interesting is just by chatting with her, I got insight uh, about sound production that she does. And right. she was asking us about social media, about it was a good half an hour. And I feel like both of us left a little bit more enriched. Oh yeah, there was a lot of and so yeah, you got to go. You can't out there. do what you do in a vacuum, and I think that, I think that that's the, it, it's weird in this in the society right now. It's like people are overly social alone, right? Oh, oh okay. They're overly they're on their phones and they're on how many platforms of social media with their opinions, with their quote unquote talents, with their funny quips, and yet. They're like the frog from Bugs Bunny. Right. When they go out in public and they're like murpy. Yeah. Because there's a lack of social, real life social interaction. So like, I mean, Lara can tell you how many people say like, oh my gosh, you should play this bar. And then they don't fucking show up at that bar. Right. Oh yeah. Right. I think people are going out in general less because I mean, especially now with live streaming, people can just sit home and watch your show in real time. Yeah, right. like and drink for cheaper in their pajamas and, right. and fart on each other and be right. happy all and night. Be happy right. all night. Which, <laughs> right. you know, I love it as I age. I am guilty of that, but I'm jaded from my my job. The last thing I want to do mm-hmm. on my day off is to be anywhere where there's an audience. But you go out a lot. But we do I, go I out. Do we try. do. We are social. Yeah. So going back to like open mic, yeah. night, getting that opportunity to get out there, you know, feel people, feel the energy. Like, cause for me, um, I try to do the card of the day, like practicing by myself and i was like i felt like so blank because i need to feed off people i need to feed off energy and i think that you can tell maybe from different open mics or different opportunities it you even get more energy by the crowd that's out there do you feel that oh yeah without a doubt that that's why at, at places like 
like you pack I love there being yeah. so many people but I said specifically like I need there to be some light on the audience yeah. because I might know in my head there's a thousand people right. there but if I can't see them and mm-hmm. actually be able to feel some sort of connection yep. like, yeah I can't I, thrive I can't do it you I know, totally um, understand there are definitely so, there are performers that we've had at the theaters who will occasionally ask for the house lights to be up a little bit more because of that feeding off that energy it was great. That was like an amazing show, by the way. Thank you. We yeah, saw this you past guys. August, Lara opened up for the Joan Jet. Oh, it was the best. And did you get to meet her? I did. I, <laughs> I'm so happy. She kind of, uh, I, I was a little bit motivated after our meeting to dye my hair black and cut it short. Oh, I, no kidding. I did it like four days after that show. <laughs> I love it. That's so funny. Like that She's never goes best. away where we are influenced by the people. We love their music. Uh, right. Kathy's 80s haircut. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. I know. Thank you. I love I, my I, I saw the picture of Joan and I together. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, I have like, I have curly Jewish frizzy hair. Yeah. So I never knew what to do with it. And I went that day. I was like, I want nice hair for this Joan Jet show. And I <laughs> got it blown out. And then I saw a picture of Joan and I. And I was like, I look like a sorority girl. And Joan Jet looks like a rock and roller. Yeah. She's a badass. <laughs> she is a badass. She was so, she, I don't know. Well, backstage, she was like, like, Amazing. there are a lot of people um, at that level of fame, notoriety, celebrity, whatever, who uh, really don't want to interact at all with the staff. And they were running a little bit late, and our hospitality person asked, they were like, well, we can do dinner and shifts because we have one green room, so they could eat first, and then when you're done, let us know, and then the staff can eat. And Joan Jett was like, what? Like, no, we can all eat together. It's fine. And I walked in with the baby and I could see Joan Jett like and her people, the black hearts, like they looked up and they were like, there's a baby here. And I was like, not staying. Don't worry. <laughs> and she just smiled. She was like, it's OK. So sweet. Yes, yeah, her energy. But we're talking about you. Yeah, you Lara, rock the house. Yeah. But, but I do. Lara, you but, rock, I'm sorry. But Joan Jett, in the end, she wanted it. she specifically asked to meet Lara. Shut the front door. Yeah, that's amazing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Oh, so mm-hmm. feel good. Well, that's good awesome. Good. Yeah, that she was nice. She they, she gave me a t-shirt, which is kind of my favorite t-shirt now. I yeah. wear it all. The, I wear it all the time. Matt yeah. and I will both come out yeah. wearing both of our Joan Jett t-shirts yeah. the same day all the time lately. But um, that's weird to me that some people want that separation because oh yeah, I found even more so lately doing bigger shows that are a little less in intimate, you know, less intimate venues yeah. than, and where it does feel like more of a separation. It makes me want to be around people more. Like, yeah. I feel like it's so that feeling of, of, you know, feeling alone in a room full of people. I yeah. think that's a common feeling amongst musicians. And, uh, you know, I would like to counteract that by being around people, right. Uh, at right. Le- people that I can actually communicate with and talk to. And, you know, like you said, you thrive off other people's energy. Yeah. If, you would just want to sit alone in your green room. <laughs> I yeah. can't imagine that yeah. that's like very good for, you know, it's, you mentally it's or spiritually. More often, or it's more often than you think. It's really sad. I, well, yeah, I think that they have to, I do think that sometimes they have to, but you know, I, I was about to defend that behavior, but on the other hand, I can name, uh, I can name so many people who know how to keep a balance, you know, like yeah. uh, Queen Latifah was a good example. Like yeah. she was very specific about quiet time during like these hours, but then she was out and about hanging out in the lobby. She just needed to center she herself. Said hi to dad. Dad didn't know, didn't know what to say. He's like, Oh, hello, the queen. <laughs> 
That's amazing. <laughs> she was walking She's by like to go to her meet and greet, and my dad happened to be sitting there waiting for her. I, dad was, he dropped something off. He wasn't even there for the show. Oh, no, he was there for the show because it was the scat. show where, where she was, she was crooning. She was yeah. crooning. And, he, and, he, and she just, he, I said, Dad, just wait here. Uh, once the meet and greet starts, I can leave. And uh, so Dad was sitting kind of in a corner <laughs> and. She just was so warm because she saw a person just sitting there. Right. And she was like, oh, hey, how are you? Did you like the show? And dad was like, oh, the queen. I love the show. (laughs) I bet she remembers that because if somebody calls you the queen, I think that's great. Oh, he didn't know what to say that, you know, that awkward old Italian guy like, oh, uh." he didn't know what to say. That's very funny. The queen. But, you know, you know, I can name a lot of people who can make that balance and, um. You know, I think that's good role modeling and remembering to have that balance because we've been talking about that. Yeah. The more I will say the more famous people are, the nicer they are. It's the middle. Those middle celebrities are dicks. (laughs) hundred percent. You can tell me I'm wrong. But I I, I don't know, really. So on your way up, Lara, don't be a dick. (laughs) That's free advice for a dollar. That's my number one rule. Yeah. Like, actually, we have we have two rules in our band. It's show up, be nice. Show up, be nice. Show up, be nice. And those two rules kind of encompass a lot of other sub rules. I I would say, you know, show up, like be present, be respectful. Yeah. Those are you have mantras for your band. Do you have a do the whole band feel that way? Is you because you have a whole band. We do. Yes. Um, well, you know, we, we make sure to push those on the people. Okay, yeah. yeah. Matt made little signs to hang up in the van recently that said, show up and be nice. Those were the main ones. Yeah. And then it oh, had all the little things that? next to it. Then someone like spilled coffee on them in our living room and they never made it into the van. But the intention <laughs> was so amazing. I'm right. Mantras. You know what? I'm going to, that's going to be the sub. Uh, it's going to be, you know, conversation with Lara Hope, colon, show up, be nice. Because that's advice that could work across Anywhere. the board in life. Anywhere. That's yes. why we love Matt. We're we're a we little sad. Matt's him. not here. Lara's husband is. Uh, he'll be here. He'll come. Not favorite. today, but he'll yeah, come we're coming back. Another I time. feel like there's a, another segment with Matt. Like, you know what? It, we when we hung out, it was just like this bonding experience of just talking about being real. And Don and I were just like, you know, I felt like we were, and you were talking about family and sisters. You were an adopted sister. You absolutely are. And we felt like Matt was too, though. It was well, like, it was like a I sister felt like plus Matt. <laughs> since we started this we'll sometimes get email or people will com- you know converse with us and they really really want to be the third mic they yeah. really do <laughs> and Kathy and I are like it's the sisters are in not the sisters are in and then know it all next door <laughs> and so when we were with Matt door. we were like oh wait we found the third mic we found <laughs> that third mic it's Matt he would love to be here yes, yeah he he's got Sophie. good views oh, oh Sophie. Sophie Sophie you have the earphones <laughs> you're always you're part of you're it you're part of it you're oh, part of it gosh we love you sophie we love so you sophie pizza anyway um <laughs> show up be nice we're back to show up be nice so let's talk about from your open mics then what happened so it started it started at on camp when i, I when i first went to college i went to Al- suny albany and oh. so we did these on-campus open mics that were a couple times a month and I liked that and I got involved with that and I made a lot of friends doing that and I helped them do like PR and hang flyers and stuff, which was fun. But I definitely met met cool people doing that. Then I transferred to New Paltz and then I guess I was going out to the bars then. So yeah. I started mm-hmm. going to Snugs a lot. I lived yeah. right down the block from Snugs. So I'd always yeah. go to the Snugs open mm-hmm. mic night. I met a ton of people doing that. And it was also, it's an excuse to like 
have to learn some new songs that week. And I wasn't really doing much songwriting even then. It was Mm -hmm. mostly I was just playing covers. Mm -hmm. But it was a a reason to just learn new songs and which, you know, inevitably will help you hone your craft by learning how other people do it. Um, So I would go to the Snugs one a lot and Oasis had one. Mm -hmm. Cabalusa. It was down at Cabalusa's Mm -hmm. then. And I'd go. So so this is in 2005. Four or five. Mm -hmm. Um, And I went to the Snugs one so much and I became friends with them that when the host left i think he moved away i became the host mm-hmm. oh and that was fun and and new pulse was really hopping then and the open mic was was really busy so it, that was awesome and i guess around the same time i started my first band mm-hmm. uh, with my best friend from high school who also went to new pulse she went ahead a year ahead of me mm-hmm. and that's kind of why i went um her name is melissa hope levine my full name is lara hope levine no relation <laughs> oh, that's where I, my face went. Oh, Just God, karma. That was interesting. We, we met um, my freshman year of high school and her sophomore year when we were in South Pacific together. Okay. And we were talking. And you were washing men out of your hair. We were washing the men right out. <laughs> we had a whole parody of that yeah. song. Um, and we were talking one of the first days we met and we realized we both had almost the same exact name. And then we were best friends. That's yeah, it. That's all since. you need is one common thing. Yeah. And there it goes. So we lived together in, in New Paltz and... We were like, all right, let's let's start a band. Let's start an all-girl band. Yeah. And one of our roommates was a drummer, too. Um, M- Melissa and I both played guitar, but we were like, mm, we need a bass player. Yeah. So I started playing bass. So I figured that out. And um, <laughs> so so yeah, the re- that was the Red Hopes. The mm. Red Hopes. Yeah. I like it because both of our favorite colors red. are red, and we we're both hope. That's amazing. So from there, see how what I'm th- what I'm thinking about as you're talking is we're talking about um for for people who are on patreon we have these themes of the week of uh steady being um having a steady pace like you have to you have to trust the process and you can't go from zero like people think that they start something and they don't have patience to get where they want to be that it takes time and it seems like you started in 2000 when did you start really uh, when you were in hi- getting even interested, knowing you wanted to sing, and it was like in high school, then in college, and now it's it's a steady progress, and now you're finally seeing the fruits of your labor. Like that's what I'm feeling. Oh yeah, I feel like, yeah. um, for lack of a better term, like I ate a lot of shit for ten years before yeah. it really got easier. Yeah, that's exactly right, and that's that's a an amazing theme that we're talking about is that you have to trust that process of taking one step at a time, and eventually it does pay off, but you have to be patient. Yeah, you have to be patient, and I don't know. I do wish that I had been a little more focused in my 20s because I feel like Mm -hmm. it wouldn't have taken me so long. Yeah, I hear you. Like, I always played a lot. We always, once we, once I started being in a band, I've played, you know, as many shows as anybody that's a full time musician. Like, I really hit it hard in terms of gigging, which was great because it was a nice way to meet people, but, you know, as, many people know that are, are trying to pursue anything like this it really this day and age like yeah. takes a lot more than just writing a good song That's or having right. a good voice like it really is a lot of the time i spend in front of a computer a week is a full-time job right right, right. and i didn't have that discipline in right. my 20s as much i was a waitress for a long time sure. and i was like it's okay i'm just gonna be a waitress because i'm pursuing my musical career right but back then all i did to pursue it was play shows and we did some tours but it really takes yeah. like marketing you and know, branding but you have to meet yourself where you're at like maybe you you weren't ready to do that like you're maybe right. if I you, wasn't. in the 20s if you hit it in the 20s you wouldn't have 
maybe like I said, you're so eloquent of just, you know, showing up, be nice. You have a different kind of emotional discipline you may not have had in the 20s. So so that's why I think it's always divine timing. It's, ex- you know, you meet yourself where you're at. You're going to be present exactly where you're supposed to be. So this is prime time. You know, you're, you're ready. You know, you become ready for it. Yeah. I, yeah, I wouldn't I've have been ready for my responsibility in my early 20s, you know, or, you know, my late mo- being a mother was easier. It was, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently it is. Apparently <laughs> in my late 20s or early 30s, I don't think I would have been mentally ready or prepared to, to have the responsibility of doing the passion, doing the job that I'm doing now, because you have to, I have to be present in my sure. own self and know myself. So it's another great example of this is like amazing, perfect timing. It's just awesome. I always say better late than never as a person who's perpetually late to everything. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to take a break. Okay. When we come back, I actually have a spooky story and you have a story. I have a story. I have a reading story. Okay. We'll be right back. Okay. Okay, we're back from our extra long break because the Me? baby is cooing. <laughs> we all had to stop and listen to the cooing. And watch the baby ducks across the road. Instead yeah. Of the stop sign. Yep. Speaking of ducks. What? Good jobs. Kath, I almost mm-hmm. called you so. Because I hardly <laughs> ever say good job, Kath. I always say good job, Sophie. Shut up. <laughs> Shut That's up. Such a habit. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, <sighs> again, another rainy day. Okay, I don't mean I don't want to be a typical New Yorker always complaining and talking about the weather. But you do. But so we do. Okay. I do constantly. Right. Yeah, podcast, <laughs> po- <laughs> podcast 17, podcast 25, podcast. <laughs> I talk about the weather. Redirect. But it's again another rainy day. And I feel like I had said to my friend, when did we decide all collectively we're living in Seattle now? Right. It's right. just raining all the time. But this morning there was <laughs> Sophie oh. and Kathy are talking. I can hear you. Sophia Nico. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm sorry. Go. Anyway, woke up this morning to sideways rain, and there were like branches that hit my bedroom window, and it woke me up, and it reminded me, and I went back to sleep, and I kind of had like a waking dream memory mm-hmm. of a summer when I was about seven years old, and it rained a lot that particular year. And my, uh, you know, our parents, they didn't give a shit if it was bad weather. You went outside to play. Oh, like yeah. We played outside, oh. Oh, yeah. right? It was like, go outside. If we and came don't back come inside. In yeah, yeah, if we were inside, uh, my mother, I s- I've said it on the podcast before, if we were outside during the summertime and we came in during the day, my mother would yell out, somebody better be bleeding. <laughs> Serious. <laughs> True story. True story. So you would just make sure you beat each other up. There had to be like there had to be fire <laughs> or blood in order to justify coming inside. So nevertheless, uh, it was summertime. And so, you know, dad used to make a joke like you can play in between the raindrops. So me and a neighbor 
decided in between raindrops, like during a lull, like right now, we were going to uh, take a bike ride. And I loved my purple banana seat bike with the really big thing. Oh, yeah. yeah. Your banana bike. My banana bike. Loved it. Rode that bike all over the place. Now, we grew up in Dutchess County, and we had a real windy back road behind us. And, you know, we explored. We were kids who were left alone <laughs> to our own devices. It was the 70s and 80s, and nobody really cared. As long as, like, I think it was just becoming, like, a regular, like, don't hitchhike. Like, that was yeah. pretty much... They had decided collectively as a society that hitchhiking is bad. Finally. <laughs> <laughs> it's sad that during my lifetime, like that's yeah. when I was teeny tiny, I heard my the older cousins and friends and stuff talk about hitchhiking. But by the time I got old enough to hitchhike, it was like not a thing. But that's about it. Mm -hmm. Right. We built go karts and rode them down our street in the middle of the street. Safety third. Like mm -hmm. never. Safety third. Yeah. So I'm riding my bike with my neighbor, and the two of us are, uh, you know, in back windy roads. And it was a road that had, it was uh, rife with willow trees. Mm -hmm. Now, willow trees during a storm, the really tall ones that are like 30 feet, yeah, 40 feet tall, the way they bend and That's snap, scary. they are scary. They're scary. To They're creepy. Kids, right, creepy, yeah. Uh, to Kathy now. Yeah. To Kathy right now. To Kathy still right now. creepy. Oh, creepy yeah. Well, this storm came in. This, we, you know, it was one of those things where all of a sudden the sky goes black and the nocturnal animals come out. Yeah. And uh, me and my friend decided, okay, here comes the storm. So we kind of got off the road a little bit and we were kind of huddled underneath a willow tree. And uh, dad came on his bike and he was looking for us. I think he was on like, he motorcycle? felt bad. No, 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 no. He had a bicycle. I, I know you didn't. You I were didn't too know little. Dad. Yeah. You didn't know. You didn't know our dad with a bicycle. So dad rode dad. his bicycle and he rode right by us. And we were like, dad, dad, dad. And he kind of fell a little bit <laughs> <laughs> and the rain starts coming and it's raining really hard and it's sideways rain. And dad looks into the woods and he says, um, leave your bikes here and let's go find. I don't know what we thought we were going to find. But during those times, like we had tree houses and forts right, throughout right. the neighborhood. Right. Anyway, uh, we actually are on somebody's property that whom we do not know. And it's on uh, it's <laughs> like a mile from our house. Mm -hmm. And we take refuge underneath this really big tree with the um with the branches came all the way down to the ground and mm -hmm. we were underneath that tree for a long time and the wind picks up and then all of a sudden it goes away it was just like you know a huge storm that came and went real fast and the branches had broken when we we were the branch broke in front of us so we went to the back side of the tree we opened up the tree and you're gonna i'm about to scare you uh, we opened up the tree, and there was that Devil Boy statue that was oh on Cedar Hill oh Road. Oh my God! Oh my God! For there is a ra there was or is a random yeah statue of a little Devil Boy. Yeah. It was and it was placed in different places. It was, was it? I. There's so many like myths and legends yeah. about it, but um, it's it was uh, it was an odd place for it in the woods. 
And I remember being little and looking up and seeing that little, you know, the curly yeah, hair yeah, and the little yeah. horns. Yeah. And um, <laughs> and I remember Dad going like, Ooh! <laughs> like, like really getting freaked out. <laughs> and uh, later on, I had found a neighbor who said that the legend, the legend, is that a long time ago property owner put an angel. Um, an angelic child statue and this devil child statue, but the angelic child statue got sucked into the earth. Oh. And the only one left was that devil well, statue. Well, there's some foreshadowing. How about life. that for... That, that, how about right? that? How about that? How about that for suburbia? We're all suburbia. going to hell. <laughs> We're just suburbia. all going... Suburbia's going to hell. But like this morning <laughs> with that sideways rain and the branches hitting me... Oh, were you thinking about dad? I did. I was thinking about dad. Well, speaking of dad, I have a... I, I did two psychic, I did two parties and it was busy. It's been a very busy few days. And, um, dad, um, I know I talked about this like before he died, he didn't know what I would, you know, he didn't really understand what exactly I did because he thought that, you know, reading cards because he's Roman Catholic, whatever. And then once he witnessed me doing it, he thought, you know, he called me Oda May and he thought it was like the coolest thing. And I was like, listen, if, when you die, don't fucking come in my, when I'm trying to work and bother me, you know? And we have this joke about it. Well, he, every time, so the first party I had, I said, oh, I was, I was doing a reading with somebody and I go, there's Robert, Robert is here. And I, and I don't think about my dad when I'm in a session. And he goes, I don't know, Robert. I'm like, oh, I do. I'm like, excuse me, do you mind? <laughs> it was wow. my dad. So I, so I pushed it aside and I was like, I've been thinking about him a lot. So of course we're, we're projecting that. So yesterday I have a party and it's random. This is very random. This woman, I have this woman, she comes downstairs and she, she looks very um, stiff you know, very, st I don't know the word for it. I don't want to call her, you know, like, but she had. What? You didn't say her name. What is, what is she, she like? She had a wall up. She okay. just had a wall I just don't want to call it. So she had a wall up and it was very difficult. <laughs> she looked very <laughs> stern. I want to be nice. I want to be nice. So. She looked like she had a stick up her ass. Yes. what dad would say. Yes, he mm -hmm. did. But, but a very she nice, was an nice stick. <laughs> a stick, a, a, a stick from like from urban outfitters no no like she's <laughs> just she I, I didn't want to judge her but i felt like when she came downstairs i was pushed towards her i felt like this push mm. and i was just like whoa do i know you and she goes do i know you 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 look familiar i never met this woman i don't know her from anybody uh, but i just wanted to hug her but i you wouldn't want to hug her if you just met her mm -hmm. so i'm doing the reading and it was really difficult like she was just being really really difficult and i was just like listen your wall is so big i was like you gotta just i don't know just relax or something i said wait a second i said what do you do for a living and she goes i build walls i build walls <laughs> she's all she said was she goes, oh, I'm an engineer. And I said, you work at Con Edison. She goes, yeah, I do. How did you know? And all of a sudden I start crying. I said, my dad is saying hello. And I don't wow. know why. And I'm going to cry now. And she goes, your dad? Is your dad Bob Verderamo? And I said, yes. And I said, oh, my God. Oh my so God. she starts to cry. I'm crying because they're uniting. Like, I felt it. My dad talked about this woman all the time because she was a pioneer. She was, like, one of the first bosses in the maintenance department. So she oh, got a lot. Yeah. yeah. I remember him talking about yeah, her. I don't, I don't want to mention names, but yeah. Yeah. And so I said, Oh my God, dad would talk about you, how tough you were. And he respected you. She, he goes, 
he respected me. He was the only one who didn't give me a hard time, you know? So it was like how crazy that, you know, how you, how that meshed up. And like, she just totally like relaxed and it was the best wow. reading. It was fine. But oh, it was that like, veil is very thin right now. Yeah. So dad met an old friend and I thought that was really cool. That was pretty healing. That was, that was amazing. That's really cool. That was really cool. It's the second time that happened. I love Halloween. I wonder if he brought her there because, because even the person who was, hosting the party was like it was kind of like an afterthought and i feel like dad brought wanted to say hi to her you know like i feel like that happens never know you never know it's a mm-hmm. cool story dad i miss dad mm. dad mm-hmm. <sighs> let's talk more about lara oh yeah, she's sitting sorry. here <laughs> she's sitting yeah. here okay so i'm enjoying hearing these stories so uh we left off you had uh a girl band yeah you had a girl band girl you were the red c- hopes yeah, and then what? And then we just had too many cat fights. No, I'm just kidding. That that's <laughs> not what happened at all. Um what did happen? Let's see. Uh well we lived with Dan Maddock. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How I met Donna in yeah, the first place. Yeah. I, the, he was a you know, he probably had to listen to many band practices yeah. of that band <laughs> in that yeah. house. Um so actually, you know, it just kind of that fizzled out. People moved, people right. had falling fallings out, but it was definitely uh kind of laid, laid the groundwork for uh, for getting out there writing original music yeah. i remember the first time i had a drummer behind me how, how good that felt as opposed to just playing guitar yeah, right yeah um so i, I guess i just kind of you know got a taste for that then um and <laughs> well at, when i knew that was fizzling out i needed to do something so f- the only time in my life that i went to craigslist to try to find um some a band or some people to work with, which I had some interesting. Ex- I was going to say, I'm a little scared. Yeah. I had some interesting experiences. Nothing that panned out. I, w- once I went to a, I think it was around Middletown and I went to an audition and it was, it was for a, a cover band and it was in their garage and there were like five or six people in the band and all of them chain smoked in the garage. Ew. And then their wife came in and she was chain smoking in <laughs> oh the garage. God. Oh my God. You're <laughs> like, I could hardly breathe. You're like, this isn't going to work out. <laughs> so I never went back I'm sure. there. Yeah. Um, some guys in Albany and uh, you know, but anyway, at the, around the same time I, um, was sitting also at snugs where many, many mm-hmm. fun things I guess started. Yeah. And uh, this guy who I, I knew a little bit sat next to me and he said, I have a proposition for you. I gave him a weird look and he said, mm-hmm. it's not sexual. <laughs> and uh, and and we kind of just started a band. Basically, I guess he had heard my old band was breaking up. Oh, okay. And uh, he and this other guy, uh, Kevin, who uh, turned out to be my best friend now, you know, all these years later, uh, they... Already had a show booked at the Kick Cancer's Ass Benefit Show at Oasis, <laughs> and the two of them were just trying to find something to do for this to fill this spot that they already, yeah. uh, you know, agreed to do for this cancer benefit. And I, we, I said yes. We got together. We like wrote a few songs, and that was how Tiger Puss yes. formed. How cool! Um, and that genre is what? Because it's very, like punk and roll. Yeah, like yeah. rock and roll, punk, hard yeah. rock. Yeah. yeah. And we did that for a long time. We we played um, like six months ago, actually, yeah. for kind of a reunion show. Mm-hmm. And then I joined another band in New Pulse called NCM, where mm-hmm. I got to just play bass, which was fun. That was the only band I ever, like, wasn't my band. I didn't front mm-hmm. it. And I did some backup vocals. And it was fun. You know, it's a different yeah. experience. And, and even, you know, going back to, like, the 
just having a boss and going yeah. to your job. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Like that was almost that kind of experience. And it's funny because I was just thinking about that yesterday. Yeah. That was the one time where like I didn't have to make the decisions in the uh-huh. band or book the shows or do anything. Yeah. I just got to show up and play my bass and like, you know, yeah. it was kind of nice to yeah, do. nice, yeah. Um, and then Tiger Piss started touring a lot. So that I, I left that band who's still, who's still uh, currently a band called NCM in New Oh, Pops. really? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Cool. And uh, yeah, then, then Tiger Piss happened for a long time. And we toured quite a lot, but um, I couldn't really make a living doing that. It, mm-hmm. it was fun, but... You know, on like punk shows, there's four show, four bands for every <laughs> yeah. show. Like, there's no money to be made. Yeah. I per- I wouldn't want to hear myself play two or three hours of that music. You know, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah. Right. As the as the creator of it, um, and then around 2009, I got a call from a stranger, basically, who said, "I saw you out playing with Tiger Piss, and I'm trying to get this rockabilly band off the ground. Would you be interested?" And I was like, oh, all those cool kids are at the Rockabilly yeah. shows. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And um, I went to Socrates and I met some people I never yeah. met before. And kind of, and that's how the Champton started. Yeah. Uh, they had a bass player and a guitar player at the time. And then I got in there and then we quickly found a drummer. And that, I felt like I kind of found my voice yeah. Yeah. there. Yeah, I think that's when I first saw you live. What was With the name the of the Tones. The champ. That was Lara Hope and the Champ Tones. Yeah. Champ Tones. Yeah. I like a Champ. Champ. Tone. Yeah. Champ. The guitar player of that band um, builds custom Telecaster guitars, and his company oh, name wow. is Champ Tone Guitars. Oh. Oh, that's interesting. You know, because you get a Champ Tone champ. when you play them. <laughs> you do get a Champ Tone. I feel like a Champ just talking about it. <laughs> 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 Oh my god! Oh. Uh, Stopping the conversation. <laughs> All right, Kathy's forte. <laughs> <laughs> Mood. Killed. You know what? I, no, I think that's so awesome. Well, so when it, yeah. It's so not okay. <laughs> it's not so, permanent. And then what? And then. So we we gigged quite a lot, and I, I saw like the oppor- getting getting different opportunities than I had ever gotten before because now playing this kind of music that had a little bit had a different type of appeal, I can now play in places I could never have played the like the hard rock music. Mm-hmm. We were able to do like right. more family friendly events or street fests or restaurants or private parties, like you know play wedding even. Mm-hmm. Right. So so I saw um, I saw we were just you know able to play a lot more different types of opportunities and more places. And I was actually starting to make a few bucks for the first time. And, um, and I was really, really learning about that, that genre of music. I mean, I, I loved, you know, like Richie Valens and yeah. Buddy Holly and, and Jerry Lee Lewis because they're the mainstream guys. Most people right. knew And I knew that and appreciated it, but you know, it was around then I started digging a little deeper, um, finding other stuff that I enjoyed. And, uh, you know, it's just fun. Like it was fun, yeah. and, and you're just your tone with that is just so perfect. I feel like that tone just fits you. you thank know, you. Watching you, not that I didn't. I love punk, and I'm sure I would have, you know, enjoy your punk sound. I would love to hear that. But watching you at your show, and I am not a rockability person. You like, can't even say it. Can't even you say can't rockability. Even say <laughs> rockability. Sounds like sounds like a benefit, you weirdo. <laughs> A lot of people have said that, actually. (laughs) Thank you to those people who've said it. I know that's wrong. I meant to say rockabilly sound. Uh, It was so addicting to listen to it. You just, your energy with it is just so amazing. I loved it. I loved it. And now, like, I, I... 
list. I actually went on Amazon trying to find your, your you on Amazon, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I was on Amazon because I think we, because Henry and I both went and we were looking up your songs. I've never done that before. Not because I know you, but it was like, I love that song. I remember, th- I remember every song you sang. Wow. And for me to remember anything is a miracle. <laughs> but the fact that, <laughs> the fact that you're, your songs were so catchy. Thank you. It, it really, I, I'm just so excited just thinking I about it. I also think it was that so great. there's so something great. to be said about watching someone who has found their voice. Yeah. And who it it uh, it comes across, it transcends. You know, as somebody who's, I'm exposed to a lot of music and a lot of different things. And over the years, the one thing that I stick with is that I have learned, I don't care what you do on stage, but... If you do whatever you do well and it seems genuine, I am a hundred percent with you. Right. I you know, there's there's that person who's been doing the same songs for years and years and years, and you can tell that they hate it. Yeah. You can tell that they're sick of singing those hits. And then there are other people who like um Chris and I still talk about it. I'm not a fan of Cheryl Crow. And that girl gave her audience what they want. And I felt like when she was on stage, she genuinely wanted to give the audience what they wanted. Right. And so that energy transcended, right? Mm -hmm. And that's somebody. But then there's those people who have found their voice, have found their art, and there might not even be an audience for them, right. but they are a hundred and ten percent present in it. And it can that's contagious. The whole audience went crazy for success. you, man. Yeah. We went crazy. Well, that was a m- very magical night because not only were we there able to open up for Joan Jett, but it was also a hometown in show. Your hometown. That could have yeah. happened in another place and it would have been amazing, but it right. would not have been as amazing. It yeah. Like I looked in the front row and so I try I generally try to not like stare anybody down i just kind of try to look yeah. above people almost yeah. but at one point i looked in the front row and saw a friend of mine and i choked up automatically yeah. like i almost started crying just because it was it was intense to see someone that i, I care about like staring right at me at this big show yeah after that i did not look at yeah. anybody in the <laughs> audience because i could you can't sing on your crying right. <laughs> it was just so awesome it how every but we all like i said uh, I've watched people that I know on stage and I'm like, yeah, that's great. But like every, the, everybody was like, can you believe this? Can you can believe I, that? It was just really cool. This is, really cool. this is, an, this is going to be a good segue. Cause it just popped in my head is that, um, when Sharon Jones came to the Bardavon, um, it was a January date and the weather all week was pretty crappy as it always fucking is. And as we're talking about the Are weather again, no, Stop complaining. but when she, I'm not complaining. I'm just saying, I'm also thinking about my 50th birthday at the end of January when I can't plan anything. We digress. So Sharon Jones walks in and the, the house was maybe ha- a little half full. Wasn't even that full. And Charles Bradley opened up for her and Sharon came into the, how stage. did I miss this? What year was this? Uh, I hate to tell you, it wasn't that long. It was like okay, two years before she passed, I think. It must have been away. Like 2000 and I can look it up. 12, maybe? I would have loved to I see that. Like it was, it, I've been there 25 years. I've seen thousands of shows. And this one sticks out to me because I happened to be in the theater when she walked in. And she stepped on stage and she goes, ooh, this place 
and there are certain people who can feel we have a historical mm-hmm. theater it in Poughkeepsie and right. so when people step on stage sometimes they can feel all that stuff that has been there Santana paid right, homage right, to it right and Sharon Jones was so uh she was so enwrapped in in the energy of the stage she's like and her person was like how many tickets are sold tonight and Sharon Jones said I don't even care I don't even care if there's two people and that show that. she gave was unbelievable and you when i i rarely am stopped in my tracks right usually you know i'm working i have stuff to do and i'm half listening or i'm listening this made me compelled to be present there and her energy was so incredible and that talk about that you know back and forth with the audience you know and it's apropos that i think about that with lara and her performance with joan jett because lara's new record right is what? Tell us what your new record is. Oh, well, it's not a whole record. The, the yeah. Sharon Jones thing, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, not a whole record, but it is. Uh, we arranged a medley that oh. in tribute to Sharon Jones and Charles Bradley and Amy Winehouse. Oh, how cool is that? Um, it's it's like seven minutes long. Okay. And it's really cool, and it came out great, and, I, and I'm excited to, to show it to the world um, once I can legally do it, and the, which is <laughs> which is um, proving to be a lot harder than I expected, yeah. actually. I didn't realize what I was getting myself into, because now that I've learned, if anybody out there is uh, wants to record a cover song, recording a medley is quite oh. different than recording a cover song, mm. because you can't, you don't just buy the mechanical rights, it's because you have now made the, a, a differing version from right. the original, so you have to go if to Vanilla all their publishers. I, Vanilla Ice should listen to it. And you. get their permission. Yeah. So we're trying to do it the right way. Yeah. So I'm hoping. Um, and that's soon. to record it. You can perform it. What's the difference? Yeah. I mean, we can perform. Well, that's why um, venues pay the. The, the ASCAP BMI. Exactly. Yeah. For, so that artists can perform cover songs. Um, and I, we don't even want to sell it. We just want to give it away. As, as we just, just want to do it. We just want to give it away for just so people can enjoy it and remember, you know, these great artists that passed away. So we're working on it. Hopefully oh, soon. Like so cool cool called it like the Arctones do the Daptones because oh, all, all those artists were, you know, we, we made a kind of cryptic joke that like everybody that records with the Dap Kings yeah. dies. Yeah. Like it, it, it's oh. even more than because because they were also Amy mm-hmm. Winehouse's band on yeah. the Back to Black album, okay. which is why we grouped her in with, with Sharon and Charles. But I heard it's even more than the three of them. They've worked with really? other people since Sharon. That have passed away. Well, they must I have like asbestos. your bravery. I like your bravery. Stepping into a hex. You're bra- yeah, breaking. Well, uh, You're I breaking mean, cycles. I'm not breaking. saying I'd want to go to their their probably asbestos-filled studio <laughs> or whatever. <laughs> whatever it is, it's killing them all. Oh, Brilliant. Oh but my soon gosh. to be released soon. To I be hope. released soon. So what? Um, what is your latest? Um. Well, our last album we put out a little over a year ago. Mm-hmm. Um. Our, our, it was the one year anniversary of our Love You to Life music video that Donna yes. was in. I, I got saw to, that. And I, I got, got to, to watch wear, it and laugh. I at got her. to wear my Hawaiian wedding you dress. You did. You were like, so that was a great dress. That was a great fun afternoon. That like was, was really fun. fun. Mm-hmm. We love making music videos. We have quite a lot, and um, so we're we've been working on a new album since then, and we're we're only a couple of songs away from having enough material for That's a new great. album. Nice. Um. I'm not in the hugest rush because it's so much work once yeah. you get into it. So I'll get through this winter tour and then, yeah. but I would, I, I would like to put the new stuff out um, and then make some new videos. Are you able to work while you're on tour 
or can you just on new material yeah i mean in theory yeah i like to write when i'm alone Mm -hmm. usually so Mm -hmm. you don't get very much alone time on the road right yeah so when we were in europe and we were staying in the same house every day yeah. and like I had a yard and I had some time to myself. Yeah. I mean, I didn't write a ton, but I like, yeah. wrote, I d- did write a, a song that will be on the next, on the next record. That seemed like an amazing experience. How long were you in Europe last year? We were there for a little over a month, yeah. 35 days. And, um, yeah, we were in, it was just Belgium and the Netherlands oh. and we stayed, yeah, we stayed in the same house for the whole time. Oh, we did cool. 30 or it was 35 shows in 34 days. <sighs> we did, but they yeah. loved you. was it great it it was great it was a great experience and both holland and belgium are pretty small so we really like hit them hard (laughs) you know we played every nook and cranny be a household name at this point there you never know that's really cool it was beautiful it was it did there was a point where it almost felt a little bit like musical groundhog's day yeah because (laughs) you know it was we were in the same house we'd get picked up every day by the the driver We'd go to the, the, it was a lot of small bars and restaurants. We'd go there, we'd eat dinner, we'd play the gig, we'd get back dropped off and we, we didn't have very many days off. So it did kind of almost feel like Groundhog's you know, Day, like Groundhog's Day yeah. but regardless, going to a new city every night or even a new small town and yeah. just seeing what the, you know, everybody was so kind and the places were beautiful and charming. Yeah. Like That's when I came back, great. all I could think was, man, it's ugly here. <laughs> <laughs> That's so amazing. And we live in a beautiful part of the country. Yes, we live in um, one of the most beautiful yeah. parts but of I the mean country. But I mean like the architecture yeah. and, the, and the landscaping yeah. mm-hmm. is yeah. just beautiful and, char- and charming mm-hmm. everywhere. That's so sweet. So at this point, do you feel that, uh, let's talk about your being a creative, right? So you're compelled to follow your creative, mm, like, uh, you know, it seemed like happenstance that you got into the genre that you're in right now right? It was just so happened that somebody was like, yeah. Hey, right. Yeah. And so to some extent, Kathy and I talk a lot about like, you need to be open and things are presented to you in, you know, and you, yeah. you start following that path and it's lily, that pat- lily padding, lily padding. Yeah. Yeah. We talk about lily yeah. padding, like jumping like from yeah, one to yeah. the next. And then yeah. to find out where you're going to be, find yeah. out where you're going to be. Being so open to that. my question is, do you feel that you've, you, that was your, that was your big lily pad. And like now you're on a, a trajectory that makes sense to you. Or do you feel that you're just going where your creativity takes you? I feel a little bit of both ways, honestly, because I do think that this opened a lot of opportunities to me. And in the past, I never really felt like we were part of something that was that much bigger than us which I wanted to be like I guess I never felt like we were really part of a network or a scene Mm -hmm. as much as I found it was easier to kind of fall into that when we started playing roots music but it's kind of a double-edged sword because then at the same time it's really easy to get pigeonholed right into that so I definitely am happy for for the opportunities I had and for the ability that it's taken me here but I try more and more to to not call it rockabilly yeah, because right. it's we're we're def for the rockabilly purists and the people that love right. traditional rockabilly they don't necessarily like what we do because right. we stray right. a little bit but if i didn't i would be bored that's why you're a, a perfect fit for the brian setzer tour that you're going yeah, on tell us next about your month tour. well my point was that i remember brian setzer uh <laughs> saying in an interview that he felt that people like when he 
you know, he was being interviewed. They're like, oh, you've been doing this this whole time. And he's like, but I haven't been doing that specific. He's like, I like to tap into swing. I like to tap into rock right. and roll. I like to tap into, he's like, those people who are purists, they tend to fizzle out because they don't allow themselves to be influenced by other things. Right. And I don't understand how, like you just said, being open to new things, how you don't get bored of just listening to the yeah. same right. type of music. Right forever all the time um there i mean that that's what the bands that are recorded in the 50s and 60s let let, let listen to that and let, right. let appreciate that and let it be there but the people that are still doing it now let them take that as a you know a creative launch pad right and yeah and kind of go with it where you want so um you know in like the rockabilly scene brian setzer is kind of no. like the biggest there mm -hmm. is yeah. like there's nobody yeah. that's currently touring that's gonna mm -mm. so in a way like i'm so excited to be going on this tour but in another way it's like where do you go from here right. if all i played was rockabilly music yes. like they're not to say that i can't keep opening up for other bands but but you're now opening up for the you know the grand poobah yeah right but and if you tell you're the grand poobah <laughs> people are going to know who you are and they're going to, you know, cause I don't, you know, how I, f how I see it when you're, when you're doing that, this is to expose, like to have people be exposed to you. Like to, to see Oh yeah. It's certainly are. not for the money. Yeah. <laughs> 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 to be exposed to you once they yeah, do. Yeah. Being an opening act is yeah. like one of Dante's circles of hell. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think that this could be, like the biggest thing I'll ever do. It, it's possible, you know, in terms of the amount of people that are actually there, but then they're, you know, pop artists play, you know, these are, five, let's say 5,000 person venues. Pop artists are playing 50,000 person venues yeah, right. or even the pop country festivals yes. have a hundred thousand people yes. there. So it's like by pigeoning, pigeonholing myself as a rockabilly act, there's only so far you can get. Correct. You're going to be defined what you're doing. You know, like who you are. Like, I don't, you know, when I hear, Lara Hope and the what's your arc tones? Arc tones. I was about to say champ tones. See, oh, I was it, going back it was to that. That's okay. champ tones. You know, um, I don't necessarily, as somebody who doesn't uh, listen to rockabilly all uh, at all, um, I just want to listen to you. Yeah. So I will follow you. Yeah, I, yeah. Whatever you're doing, I'm going to be attracted to you and and your guys. They're just amazing. Yeah. Like uh, it's the energy you put out. I I don't feel like you're going to get pigeonholed into anything. I well, think we're going to take a break, and you're going to do yeah. A I'll do, I'd reading. love to do a reading for you. Maybe it'll give some ease Please. to you know to ease to kind of see what's going on. But I definitely feel like it's really you and yeah. the band that that really puts out this energy. We just want to see you. So yeah, absolutely. Blushing on that. radio. Well, yeah. we can say I know we mentioned it on the podcast before i don't know if you listened to it but uh you know my dad wanted you to play oh so you're gonna make me cry you asshole you're such a jerk we're doing so good yeah we've been thinking about dad so much and it just seems like everybody that's his favorite seems to be coming towards us i think that he's bringing it together i know he loved it i know he loved it he played it as memorial and i know he loved it he loved listening to you he loved johnny cash you the way you played the way you played it moved everybody. It was just, uh, it's just fantastic. I don't know if you can say it was an honor to do that. It it's is, like a yeah, weird, exactly. weird, it's a weird, weird. you know, it's weird to say it, it, but you know, it, it yeah. was. No, I, I, yeah, we it appreciate was awesome. That. It was awesome. So that we bring dad back. Dad's been Dad. just, he's haunting us. Dad. <laughs> he's haunting us. I, it's Halloween. He just I can't wait for Halloween <laughs> to see what he's going to do. <laughs> he's going to send some creepy kids in my house. <laughs> <laughs> so good. 
Yeah, no, dad, this was the, it was really, he was very involved. We're lucky that if you've not, if whoever's listening to this, you've not listened to the podcast before. We were very lucky that dad, we knew when dad was going to pass. We knew that dad was going to pass soon. Everybody's going to die. We were lucky enough to get a little bit of a time clock. Yeah. yeah, we got a warning. So we had all the conversations. There was nothing left unsaid. As much as he resisted in the beginning, by the end, it was full of jokes. And he actually helped us plan his memorial. And he specifically wanted, he put money in an envelope, and I didn't even know how much it was. <laughs> and he put it in the box, yeah, you know, that, that, that we, we couldn't find. He put it in he a box a with all the other. He like, did a scab. First My of all, dad, imagine somebody would, I, I mean, I'm not, I don't want to say this because I don't want to offend anybody, but like, uh, imagine just having a little, uh, I'll just use senility, uh, you know, little Cena. He's losing it a little bit. Losing it a lot. And then trying to make a scavenger hunt. <laughs> so <laughs> he like had, had to find the key to open all the, the box. He the money. stuff <laughs> and he hid the key as if like people were going to come into his neighborhood and <laughs> I don't know what so he thought. So it was a scavenger it took us we, dad had just passed and we were like we have to find all the important papers and he, was and like, he hid them from he's us like, and oh, he was yeah. making riddles <laughs> he was he was bizarre it was very bizarre <laughs> he was trying to be careful he's trying to be careful in his own weird way but there was there was an envelope for Lara <laughs> it was weird the riddles it was, I know <laughs> you remember the time that we had the conversation on the porch well the that key? the key is <laughs> I know. <laughs> the key is, is, is near the tree that we talked about on the... I was like, oh, my God. Wow. Yeah, it was pretty funny. She's exaggerating, but it was it was like that. No, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. Well, it, but I'm just saying how difficult it was until, thank God, we had a sledgehammer and just opened the damn box. Oh, so you never found the key, huh? Never found <laughs> Well, oh, yeah, we did find the key months later. Months later, he had it hanging uh, off on a wire rack in the closet that we would never have never seen. have seen it. Oh, God. He was so no, fun. the funny thing is that he had a lockbox. So we had the lock. We found the lockbox that was hidden. We found that. And then he left us this crazy cryptic note about where the key was, <laughs> like Kathy's saying. So while Kathy and I are frantically trying to interpret our dead dad's <laughs> recently dead dad's scavenger hunt ideas. <laughs> my boyfriend went on youtube and there was a little kid <laughs> who was like my mom had a box like this and i just took a knife and i like this little eight-year-old kid on youtube <laughs> told chris how to open it by the time chris we just were, like, opened it trying to find like chris just opened it and he's like hey guys and we're like crying and we're not listening and he's like guys and we're like looking around the house and we're like we're looking for something stop bothering us and he was like it's open <laughs> like it's just open <laughs> <laughs> oh, those paranoid old guinea men. Oh, my what they God. Think, what they think they have. I don't I know. Don't know. And, meanwhile, it was really just an envelope and a letter. It, it really was. was. It was, was very sweet. sweet. It a was sweet really letter. Sweet, super yes. sweet letter. All right, let's take a break. And when I we need come a back, break. I need uh, a minute. You're going to do a little card yeah. reading for, do you do a card reading? for the tour. Yeah, please. Okay, bye. Let's do the tour. Okay, bye. <laughs> We're back. And we were talking about Lara going on tour and Kathy got her cards out. I'm shuffling as we speak. Shuffling. Shuffling. Shuffle, 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 shuffle. With your left hand, let's do three piles. And uh, 
Boop, boop. You know, while you do that, we've gotten some really nice emails lately. We have. Okay, really but nice not emails right now. from we have people. To read it after well, uh, while you guys are doing that, okay. you didn't have to talk. Oh, I'm, I'm shutting up. <laughs> I'm shutting up. I'm shutting up. All right. Oh, I'm so excited. Okay, we're starting out awesome. We're awesome. Don't worry, it's for the neighbor. Okay. We got nosy people. <laughs> we're in the kitchen. <laughs> we're in the kitchen. We all looked at the neighbor. Okay, so it's it's very interesting when I do a reading on the podcast, but people can't see the card, so I just talk a little bit more and describe the card because then we get a little... I can hit. see them and I don't know what I'm <laughs> looking at. <laughs> I don't know what you're looking at, so it's really hard. So uh, I got the Eight of Pentacles, which is all about work. If you notice, there's like a, a tree and it's like an apprentice, somebody really working hard. So you've got this one project you're working on now, which is the tour, but you have a big one coming up behind you, see? So you're still working on things. So this is not the end. There's more where that came from, okay? So give me a high five. Yes. Because I'm very excited, and that was kind of one of your questions. And then the next card that popped out, which I was really excited, mm -hmm. is the Ten of Pentacles, which is look at all that money. Money. That oh, is money. money. So you're going to be very surprised. You're going to be very surprised uh, what's going to come of this. And again, you're doing everything you're supposed to being open to those opportunities. You're going to meet a lot of people. You're going to catch an eye on of somebody that's going to know somebody that's going to help your band out. So just be open. And, you, and I feel like you can trust that person and they're not going to straight. You're going to have you have good instincts anyway. And it's good for you to always be protective of your band because here I have the nine of wands, which is somebody uh, standing, you know, and he's got the stick and, you know, like kind of holding the fort and being very protective of all the work he's done. So whatever you do, you don't sign your rights away. You don't sign your anything. You know, you don't sell out. It's like you have to commit that you're going to be the one in charge doing it and it's going to pay off. Okay. okay. So it's kind of like don't take not that you would, but it's always good to say like if there's if it's too good to be true, it is. Yeah. But then there's going to be people who are going to be like, no, you can be in charge, but we really love what you're doing. Listen, here's this. And you're going to go, that sounds good. Okay. So trust your instincts. Gotcha. Does that sound good? Sound yeah. right? Yeah. So here's that gentleman I was uh, seeing. And here you are. It's like, this is, uh, this mm. is very interesting. Mm -hmm. Let me just pull out some cards here. Mm -hmm. Oh. So it's okay. Because yeah. we, yep. we have the three of uh, swords, which is a heart with swords in it. But the, the swords aren't bleeding. There's no blood here. If this is your hard work, this is your three chapters, this is your band, this is you, this is the heart of you. Do you know what I'm saying? This is this is what's really important to you. This is your, your mission. And then here you have the Ace of Wands. And then you have the Three of Pentacles. So you have a lot of pentacles. See how you have three and three? Mm -hmm. Three and three. So first of all, 33 is a magic number. 33 is magic. But it's about your skill. This is about your talent. What your call is. This is your heart, and this is the direction you have to go in. So this absolutely validates that this is be true to your heart. This be true to yourself. Be true to your talent. Be true to what's right for you, and you will not go wrong. Because there's the Ace of Wands, like it's planting a new seed, and it's just going to be incredible. Yeah, all right. fantastic. Look at this. It's all pentacles. So all great work. It's all money. All it's success. It's, it's about success, but yeah. it's also about putting the creative work out that everything yeah. you've been creating. So, you know, we were talking about you doing material. Uh, they want you to st actually spend more time doing your new material because people are going to ask, what do you have next? Because well, it's always the next thing. So I know it's really hard sometimes, especially if you're going through something personal, like, you know, we'll do personal stuff off, uh, um, off the podcast. All right. Getting yelled at off the podcast but it's about this is the pen the page of swords it's writing your music 
Okay. Okay. So you're on the right track. You just have to work harder to be disciplined in making sure that you finish what you're starting. Does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. And also now because of the moon, this is the moon, like Don and I have talked about this, that this is the moon of uh, manifestation, like really put out exactly what you want to manifest and the message you want for the album. Because what I'm thinking is that what's not, why it's not complete is because you always like to have a message or a theme, right? So you're just trying to find that theme. So I need you to meditate on that. And I think you're going to get that. So it's going to be really great. All good stuff. And there you are. And then you're going to present it to the world. Hmm. And that's it. High five. All right. It's almost boring. It was almost boring. Almost boring. A little bit almost, but I'm... I feel almost boring sometimes. (laughs) That's good. In this way, that's good. This is really good. But, you know, so the basic theme of this is stay true to your heart. That was the three of swords. Stay true to your heart. That's how I did it. Protect who you are and your rights. You got to protect your rights, not selling out, which you won't. But making sure that the deals that you make, it's that you have full control. Because that's what's going to be important to you in the long run, and it will you will always be guided in the right direction. Make sense? Yes. All right. All right. Thank you so You're much. You're welcome. It was a pleasure. Thanks for coming. Thank you so Next much. Next time, Matt's going to sit in with us. You're welcome. You're Matt. a sister. You're a sister. Sister. <laughs> Next time, Matt will sit in with us. Yes. Yes. That would be awesome. Would We'd be love great. to have him. Thank you. We'd love to have him. We wish you great luck on your tour. We can't wait to read about it. What? Sophie's Sophie's trying to be a producer on there. What? Where can can we we find you? you? (laughs) Oh, Sophie, you're good. Well, you can go to my website at www.lara. That's L-A-R-A. Hope. H-O-P-E. Dot net. LaraHope.net. And all of our shows are listed there. But uh, we're based in Kingston. But we're going to be traveling all over the country. West Coast. Southern border. Midwest. East Coast. Everywhere. Yeah. Can't wait. You got to listen check to out um, Love You to Life. And I am in that video with my Hawaiian dress. As, as well as the girls from Guts and Glory. They're amazing. Rosendale. You're love part them. of that gang. They're, they're my backup girls yes. in, that, in that video. <laughs> yes. My backup singers. They're our biggest fans. Our biggest supporters. Love them. All right. Love All right, girls. Laura. Until next time. Love you. Thank you so much. You're High welcome. five. Boop. Boop. High five. Thank you.